All right, rolling on a river. How are you doing, mate? Welcome. First off, thank you. It's, uh, excited. it's a pleasure to have you on here, mate. Like, uh, you, you do so many things, and I'm super interested of uh, diving into the whole hormone balance and control. I think this is a really, uh, really, really interesting topic, um, especially for ladies out there. So, um, do you want to just dive into that? Should we just go straight in? Sure. Yeah. I mean, I, I work with both men and women alike. I would say the hormonal issues are probably more prominent in women just because the bodies are a little bit more sensitive and the fluctuations throughout the month and stuff um, contribute to that. I would say like men's bodies are a bit more resilient. And now you have this like fitness culture with women and like the competing thing or just getting to that lean state with, with the musculature that, that people want. Um, a lot of that comes down to hormone balance. So whether it's competing, which is kind of where I started, I was division one basketball player turned IFBB women's physique pro. Um, so I've got kind of the background of all of that, but had hormonal issues my whole, whole life. So that's kind of what initially sort of drew me into the bodybuilding scene in general. I wanted to achieve something with my body physically that I hadn't been able to achieve before look wise, um, mostly because I had some rooted hormonal issues that I dealt with my entire life. So through the process of being an athlete, competing at, at the pro level, um, at the same time experiencing these issues, I got to understand, you know, why is it that my body is not looking the way that I want, or I'm not achieving the goal or the musculature or the look or losing the weight or, you know, whatever the case may be. And that entire experience and process um, helped me to understand, you know, I kind of thought I was alone in all of that. And then as my journey continued to unfold and the more I learned and the more I had to figure my own stuff out because I couldn't find the right resources, the more I would start to attract all of these clients that actually had a lot of the same issues as me. And it made me start to kind of reflect on, you know, a lot of these people are actually experiencing this and it is very common with food systems and toxins and birth control and just so many different things and just gut, gut issues and all that. So, um, it allowed me to just take a deeper dive. I mean, it's so not surface level with, you know, having a perfect diet or weight program. It just goes so much deeper. And mm. that's why I call my business Spectre Wellness. I mean, it's mind, body, spirit, it's hormones, it's gut health, it's it's all of it. And you can't really just do one of those things without the other and really be able to take a deeper dive and understanding, you know, your system and and getting to that goal. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. Like there's uh, many pieces to the puzzle, right? And so many people dive into that, like, oh, what's the perfect training program or how many hours sleep do I need or what do I need to eat? And you're like, mate, there's there's so many more things that go into it, especially right. for, for ladies with the birth control, right? That can really screw you up. Yep. Yep. So what do I we... mean, synthetic hormones in general are, they're going to react differently in your body than a natural hormone. I mean, with, with me, I, we do some bioidentical hormone replacement therapy. So it's, it's more of a naturally derived hormone, but that's not really the first line of defense, but even, I mean, there's several reasons that birth control can inhibit a lot of issues. You're not putting testosterone back in the body. So you're running into a lot of issues with that synthetic hormones have a lot of side effects with cancer and stroke and heart disease. Um, you're forcing your body into an imbalance. You're forcing your system to, you're suppressing the pituitary. So you're stopping your own production these are all things that people don't realize they just take it because the doctor told them to mm. if people come to me and they've been on it for 16 to 20 years of their life. And now they're, they don't understand why they can't lose weight or why their bodies 
reacting a certain way. I mean, those hormones are stored in your fat cells and your body, your receptors change. And then people want the process to work immediately and wonder, you know, why isn't this working? I mean, it just goes so deep. Yeah, it does make you wonder what we're doing, doesn't it, with the whole pharmaceutical industry of just like putting these synthetic hormones inside ourselves, like without even asking any questions. It really right. does make you wonder, like, why? I mean, we're not taught to question things, you know, especially on the medical side. We trust the system. We trust government. We trust doctors. We trust everything blindly and we don't ask the questions. And so those who do ask the questions and question the norm are considered like woo-woo or alternative yeah. medicine. And in reality, it's like, no, we just, we're, we're asking the questions and, and taking a look into it. And the more, you know, the more it makes things more complicated, especially with trying to help people's bodies. There's just so much that I can't test. You can't figure out genetics. I mean, there's so many mm -hmm. things that play a role and that's why this stuff can be really lengthy and, and hard to figure out with someone's bodies. And people just think, you know, like I said, there's a special plan or a special program and it should just, if I just find the right diet, it's going to work, but it just, it's so complicated. <clears throat> what do you think is the most common issue uh, when it comes to hormones that you've seen? Um, for women, I would say thyroid issues, um, especially like here in the Midwest, you know, in the middle of the country, they, they call it the goiter belt. So for us here, it's like, we're not close to the sea. We lack the iodine. It contributes to a lot of that. We don't have the sunlight here that contributes to a lot of hormonal imbalances. So thyroid kind of regulates your entire metabolism in your body. And when you have thyroid issues, it can create excess estrogen, progesterone imbalances that creates, you know, low testosterone. And once you get one, you know, little issue, it kind of starts to compound things because what it's, it's a, it's a feedback loop. It's a trickle down effect. So the longer you have something, and that's why people are like, I've been fine my whole life. Why suddenly can't I do this? And it's like, well, things compound over time. This is attached to this is attached to this. You know, you got away with your diet this whole time. Oh, it's age. No, it's not. It's your hormones. It's what's your, you know, what you've been doing over time. This starts to affect this. This starts to affect this, that sort of thing. So with women, it's, I would say hormone is the, or the thyroid is the most common imbalance, um, which then just starts to throw everything else off. And then when you go to try to treat that, you know, are dealing with estrogen dominance, all these other things that then also have to be treated in order to heal that. Um, and with men, I would say more just like low testosterone. So what would, what would you say that's from? Cause uh, I've heard that from a lot of different sources, whether it's doctors, whether it's even like mates or training partners, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, what, what would you, what would you say that's from? Um, I mean, depending on the person, I mean, I mean, I've had, I've, I've worked with a lot of people who have a lot of like PTSD or trauma mm -hmm. and have a little bit more like high stress history. Um, and a lot of that over time just starts to suppress the function of pituitary or creates like issues through the adrenal glands and the thyroid where you start to have like a lack of that or especially with diets now in America, like excess estrogen can start to suppress testosterone production or drive that down. So you see like higher estrogen levels with lower testosterone. Um, so some of it's dietary, it could be certain, like people are on anxiety or depression medication. They don't realize that that's affecting their testosterone production. I mean, that's so common for people to be on at this point. Um, so. Yeah. Like, 
especially with the whole mental health medication rate, I'm not, I'm not going to bash it. I'm not saying it's a, it's a wrong thing to do, but it's just dished out willy nilly, right? Like it's, Oh, okay. You're feeling a little bit down here. Go take this pill once a day. Fantastic. Come back for a repeat uh, prescription. And we, we don't pay any attention to the knock on effect of what it does to, to the body. Never mind the mind. Well, and not, not only that, but I would also argue that like, cause when I was little, I was, I had Tourette's, I was diagnosed with depression, ADD, anxiety, OCD, all these things where I also believe I had a lot of issues, you know, imbalances and gut issues as a kid too. And, and a lot of those imbalances create depression and anxiety. Like women who I work with, with thyroid disorders, for instance, have binge eating disorders or eating disorders. Like there are chemicals that are created from the production of our sex hormones and other hormones in the body that regulate our mood and our anxiety and our thoughts and everything that we're doing. And so we're being treated for conditions without even looking at the hormone issues and the gut. So a lot of men who have low testosterone are depressed and anxious and have all these heart disease and all these other things. Well, they're giving them a pill without even examining like, Oh, you have low testosterone. Like this would actually bring up your aggression, your mood, your, you know, better sleep, all these other things without having to, you know, go into that other side of even needing a medication. Mm. Yeah, definitely. The, um, the contribution between the gut health and the mental health is a very interesting topic to get into. Like it's, uh, yeah. I remember reading a book a while ago. I can't remember the topic. Uh, I can't remember the, the, the title, but it basically joined the two to t- together. Right. And I find that whole concept fascinating, but also super, it's like, how, how didn't we come up with this? You know, the stuff that we eat, this, how we digest it will then mm-hmm. end up affecting us. It's like, it seems so simplistic yet right. it's only it's only a recent thing right well and i th- and i think if it were taught at a younger age it would make sense to people but they th- they hear the guts the second brain and it just doesn't make any sense to them you know like there are so many things like serotonin and dopamine that are that are produced in the gut or that affect your brain and inflammation and all these other things and it doesn't make sense to people at a certain point it just sounds like hearsay it doesn't sound like a scientific fact you know we learn these things from, from childhood. If we were taught different things when we were younger, we would, you know, learn to, to question them or make sense of them. And we just don't. Mm. And for instance, like thyroid in general, like it, it plays a role in your digestion and how quickly you're moving things through and digesting food. So when you look at thyroid issues, if you have a slow thyroid or autoimmune condition, it already is going to cause a lot of these gut issues because your mobility is slowed down things aren't moving through as quickly that allows bacteria and yeast and all these other things to proliferate. That's why a lot of people who have hypothyroid are exhausted, like lethargic. They don't have the energy. They have the digestive issues. Mm. So if someone to come into you an absolute train wreck, right? Every problem you can think about, they probably got it. Where mm. would you start? Because it seems like a bit of a Pandora's box. Once you start pulling one thing out, everything spews out of this box. So where would you, where would you start? Yeah. I mean, just to take you back with my stuff, like I I posted this picture the other day that I found, I had like boxes and boxes of journals that I would, I was tracking my cycle, what I was eating that day, exactly what I was taking my supplements. A lot of people who have those extreme movement issues have, they're like obsessive compulsive because they're, they're 
they're feeling so many different things and they can't figure it out. But a lot of those people still have enough body awareness where it makes my job easier, where I can ask the questions and, you know, whatever, but we would need to get a panel done. I do a complete like health history form of when did this start? What, what are your symptoms? What are you feeling? How's your cycle length? Like every, everything across the board. And from all of that, you know, you're pulling the pieces together, but people have to understand too, when you're working with somebody like me or any practitioner, it's about learning someone's body over time and trial and error. You're trying this. And based on this, you have this sort of, you know, symptom, or this is the way you respond. And then based on that, we know what to do next. Mm -hmm. It's not like, here's the plan and we're going to follow it for the next six months because a lot of people do that too. So it's, it's being able to work with somebody that can track your symptoms and understand, you know, how the body works. Cause especially with labs too, if, if I get lab work that comes back and there's like six or seven things that are completely off, you have to understand if I give you this, this is this, 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 and this are going to happen. You know, your thyroid's off, but you have bottomed out progesterone. Well, I'm going to start with giving you progesterone. That's a precursor to the thyroid hormone. So we need to see then how that comes up. You can't just give your body everything it's lacking and think that it's going to know what to do with it. It happens in steps. It happens in cycles. I mean, especially when it comes to healing too, it's, it's a cycle, you know, you might have little things that come up here and there, but over time things get better, things, you know, change, but it's, it's the expectations that I think I try to set with people of, we're not going for perfection here. We're looking for change over time. And a lot of that comes down to regulating stress. Once you have hormonal imbalances, the body is so much more sensitive. You can't be training in the gym seven days a week, hitting it hard and killing yourself. You can't be over dieting by cutting out large food groups and not doing any carbs and think you can get away with not having any fat. The body needs these things to produce hormones and to relieve its stress and to relax. So a lot of it's just like consistency over time and managing symptoms and allowing the body to heal itself Mm. mentally and physically. Mm. it's progress not perfection right and i'm really glad you said that like a step-by-step approach because so many people fall into that trap of of oh what's the pill okay so like give me the one two three step plan and everything's going to be fine in two and a half weeks and it's like you know if you've been doing this and beating yourself up for 20 years or use an example you made before of like what was it 15 years of of taking the pill I was like, it's right. not going to be healed in two weeks. Like it's going to take a little bit of time to unravel that. And then, then, and kind of iron out the creases of the, of that paper. Right. Well, and, and that's, someone will come to me and say, how long is this going to take? And I'm like, I, the fact that you're yeah, asking me that question just means that you're not in a place where you're ready. Cause I can't tell you, I don't know anything about your body. Mm. I've healed, helped people heal in a matter of months because it was a very simple issue, but very complex things, you know, and then it's, it's more the mental piece, you know, like this positive self-talk and expecting that. And I was just doing some writing today. There's, there's a lot of past traumas and emotions that are stored in the physical body that are creating these issues. And it's why people will, they'll lose a ton of weight and they'll gain it back and they'll lose a ton of weight and they'll gain it back. It's, it's a mental thing at that point. Like, why are you, you know, you're allowing some of these other mental issues to come in and contribute to the reason for these ups and downs. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's healing all parts of yourself, whether you're have something super wrong with you, or you're just, there's nothing wrong with you. You just can't keep it in a place where you're consistent with your training or your nutrition or whatever the case is. Mm-hmm. So how did you get to this point of knowing all these things and, and knowing that it's, it's a, it's a windy road rather than just a straight line? Like how did, how did you get here? 
Well, like I said, I, I suffered from a lot of issues my entire life. OCD, anxiety, Tourette's. I was like a really sensitive kid who had a lot of issues. I felt like I had so many things wrong with me and I became this like phenomenal athlete in order to try to like prove myself and feel worthy of something in my life. And it gave me great structure with some of my other issues and whatever, but it was like such a long road. And then after I was done playing basketball in college, I got into competing because I was like, I needed something else to keep proving to myself, you know? And so all the while working, still working through some of these health issues and then not being able to find someone who could truly help heal them. You know, I went to naturopaths and doctors and spent thousands of dollars. And at the end of the day, I just, I did the research. I tested myself like, you know, over and over again with different things. And then when I got into kind of studying more of the spiritual side of things with law of attraction and understanding that our bodies are energy centers and we store those things in our DNA and in our body, a lot, a lot of it was mental for me and just giving up the need to control everything so much. You know, I lived my life because of maybe some of my rooted, you know, anxiety disorders and some of those things, but also trying to to prove something or have a timeline on everything and try to control every aspect of things. Cause when you're healing, you don't feel well, you feel like you have to, or there's no other way. Yeah. And so yeah. part of it was like trusting that I was going to get through it, but not having a timeline for it at the same time and just continuing to like live my life in that way. I lived such a secluded life for a long time when I was going through a lot of my stuff. And then I realized like, I need to still have fun. I need to live a life. Like everything is connected so I started thinking about things in a different way and not just like the physical or what I was eating or this it's when I truly started to change. And I remember it was back in like 2017, I think was really the turning point of a lot of the healing that I went through. And then it allowed to just kind of like slowly kind of get better and better. Um, and people see that the outside, they saw that I was a phenomenal athlete. They saw that where I'm at now, they don't see like everything that you went through to get there. And they just want to assume that it was easy for you too. But the reality is, is most people are, have experienced something crazy that, you know, I have a high level of discipline now, even though I live a balanced life, but it's because of those times where I went through that strict discipline that now I'm now able to live that way. Mm. That's a really important point. Cause a lot of people see the result of a, of a high performance athlete, right. And be like, mm -hmm. whether it's the physique, whether it's something they're able to do physically, whether it's the accolades, it doesn't really matter. And they'll be like, Oh, this is a perfect individual. I want to strive to be that person. Right. And I think the mental health of athletes is a really interesting thing. Cause if you actually dove into their childhood dove into their like little habits and, and who they actually are, most of them are masking something. And that's why oh, yeah. they're like so physically good, right? Because they manifest yep. all that bullshit and they put it into training their sport or whatever yep. it is, whether it's whether it's competing in, in basketball or whether it's the, the figure, whether it's whatever it is. And um, mm -hmm. I think it's I think it's a really interesting topic because athletes get left behind, right? Because it's a modern day gladiator. No one wants to know about the gladiator's feelings. Just throw them in the yeah. fucking arena and let them see him, let, let us see him punch a line in the face. You know, we want to see it rate out all this erratic behavior, the, the crazy physical stuff, and then no one cares about their uh, emotional or mental yeah. state. And I think that's, I think that's really, really important, man. Yeah. But I, I also feel too, like at the same time, like thinking back to whatever, and I wouldn't say I was this like, 
phenomenal athlete. I mean, I played D one and then I turned pro in the bodybuilding industry, but I wasn't at the top of my game in either one, but I still think like, I don't know if you studied law of attraction stuff, but I still believe that what you put out to the world is what you're reflecting back. And so if you believe your value in life is rooted strictly on your athletic performance, and that's what you're showing people, you're going to get people who view you in that way, where like a lot of these athletes have, especially now amazing platforms, they could say whatever they want. They could speak out about whatever they want and put themselves out there in a way that would be even more respected by people. But a lot of them don't view their, that contribution worthy because they don't see it in themselves either. Mm. So they get, you know, they see that people respect them for that. And that's what they feel like is the only thing that they have to offer. Mm. That is a good point. I think it's probably, um, ingrained in them from a young age, you know what I mean? Cause mm. it's always, Oh, well done. You came first. Well done. You're man of the match yeah. or woman of the match, whatever it is. Right. And it's kind of like, all right, my, my self-worth is, is ingrained into the outcome rather than the input. Yeah. I mean, especially for me, like I, my dad had a hard time relating to me when I was younger with all my, you know, issues and stuff and Tourette's and all of that. And it was like, he related to me on my level of being an athletic performer and, and doing well. And that's what I was praised for. And that's like, was our thing. So I learned like, in order to feel accepted by my dad and my family, like, I needed to be doing something that was worthy of that, which was my athletic performance being praised for being, you know, doing well in business, you know, whatever the case was. And so I didn't even realize these things until, you know, maybe the last couple of years, even where I was like, wow, this full time, I looked at other people in this way, but really I was one of them too, you know, and whatever it makes us who we are, but a lot of it is self-reflection and trying to understand where a lot of those things are rooted from because, I didn't feel worthy unless I was like living up to some certain, you know, top tier, whether it was mm. work or athletic or whatever the case is to your point, like you just said. Mm. I, th- I think it's a double-edged sword, isn't it? Because you learn so much from sport. You learn so much yeah. from a discipline ingrained from that sport. But at the same time, you don't want people to, to throw all their chips in one basket. Right. Oh, yeah. And if that gets stripped away from them, then I mean, I'm sure you've seen it as well as I have. Like when, when an athlete, an incredible athlete, either gets injured, situations change, they lose a scholarship or whatever. And the next thing you know, they're at the bottom of a bottle and they're a nobody. You know, yeah. it's a, it's a I mean, real it's shame. Identity. It's yeah, your it's your identity. identity. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, that is so well, true. Well, and I think that's what it came down to when I stopped competing. I was like throwing my body through the ringer. I was not responding anymore. My system was crashed. And I was like, I will have nothing when I'm done with this. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like I always wanted to be like, successful and work and business and whatever, but it, it was a hard decision. I knew I had to make it and be done, but now I can use my platform and, and now it all makes sense. It always does in the long run after the fact, you know what I mean? But at, at, mm. in the moment it is scary because you feel like what now? Yeah. Hindsight is a bitch, right? Everything makes sense when you look back, but when you're right. in the middle of it, you know, the eye of the storm, you can't see anything. It's all foggy. Until you learn to have faith and you have that, you know, spirituality to kick back on, then you realize like, hey, there's going to be a reason for this, even if I don't understand it right now. And then you trust that in the process. And like, that was how the healing happened. It was like, I don't know when or how I just, I don't see it happening any other way, you know, and you just have to have that belief system through the process of it. So what, what got you into spirituality? Um, I would say it was just kind of a process. I got out of like, kind of a, like a long relationship and was just going through a lot. And 
I had a client at one point who like introduced me to this woman and I kind of needed like a therapist, but it was like, I was seeking more. Mm-hmm. And I used to sit down with her and she like blew my mind, introduced me to stuff that didn't make any sense to me at that point. And then I remember reading this book called anatomy of the spirit. And it was just talking about like the chakras and the energy systems and how things are sort of related. And that's kind of really like what opened my mind. Um, and then I got into studying like Eastern Ayurveda, astrology, numerology. And I think the more that you start diving into like the spiritual side of things, the more it all like life just makes sense. Things are connected. You, you look, you have less judgment of people. You look at people in a different way, you know, and you track different things. So, I mean, I think it was, it was a process, but it just kind of slowly happened over time. Yeah, I agree. I think the more you dive into it, the more things start to align. Mm-hmm. Right. And you're like, Oh, okay. Like I'm going to be a little less hard on myself through this time. Right. Well, me, it's usually the moon. If it's a full moon, I need to take yeah. a foot off the gas. Cause today, I, crazy. Actually, I think it is. I think today is a full moon. Now that we're talking. Oh, no, this ain't, this ain't good, mate. I'm probably going to go off the rockers, <laughs> you know, uh, um, they, what do they say? Like the crazies come out on the full moon. So that makes a lot of sense. I'm fucking nuts. Yeah. The moon represents our emotions. And I mean, even women's cycles can sync up with them. They say after menopause too, like a woman's cycle will sync up with the, the moon shifts the tides of the ocean twice a day. I mean, everything is energy and it's, you know, affects us, but until you start learning it, it doesn't make any sense. People think people think you're crazy, but. Mm. Well, I think we're all crazy. You know what I mean? Like we're all crazy in some sort of way. And I think, I think for me, at least, um, it takes a lot of pressure off. You know, rather than trying to figure out or fight against the tide, pardon the pun, you're like, okay, well, it might not be a highly productive day or you might not have a great day mentally or something like that. And you're just like, all right, sound, I can set the foot off the gas. I'm going to cruise through. I'm going to do something for myself. I'm going to look after myself a little bit more. And it all starts to make sense. Yeah. The more you know yourself, the more you, you learn what you need and what you need to get through it. Mm. Self-awareness is a superpower, right? Exactly. So what's your purpose? Um, I love educating people. I mean, I work with a lot of clients one-on-one and help with the physical stuff, but like I always preach the mind, body, spirit thing. Like I try to coach people through the process and my biggest, I would say, takeaway from what I preach is, is just having the knowing and really like connecting to who you are and figuring out who you are because I think a lot of our past is affecting the present and people, people just focus on the physical and it's so much more than that. And I can help someone through a certain amount of thing, but at the end of the day, it comes down to you and your own alignment with who you are and yourself and in terms of your healing process and where your body's going to be at. Mm. It's not, it's, it's not any on anyone else to do that for you. Mm. Did you I I believe my purpose is just preaching to people like, helping them understand and, and look deeper into things. There are so many people who just live on the surface and once they can understand that things are on a deeper level, life just becomes easier. It's com- it's more complicated because you just, you can get deeper and deeper, but you understand that it's more than just what you take at face value. I think, I think you, you learn, you actually have more control than you really believe that you do. You know what I mean? Yeah. 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 You really do. I think a lot of people are scared though. Right. They're scared to they walk into that cave or open that box because they don't want to they don't want to see what's hidden inside of themselves. And I think uh, people's potential is 
it's so much more than they give themselves credit, right? Yeah. I posted something about well, shadow work, you know, on my on my story one day and I had a lot of questions on it. And I'm like, shadow work is like the stuff that you've buried that you're not, you know, trying to to figure out about yourself. I mean, I went to yeah. therapy as a child and I don't even remember any of it. Like that's that's some suppressed emotion right there. You know what I mean? Like there's so many things that we experience that we tuck away that we don't even remember, but our cells are still experiencing it. And they're causing us to react in those ways over and over again, our entire lives. Why are you tracking these situations over and over again? Why do you continue to do these? You know, it's, it's all past. I mean, I was a um, human development and family studies major through college. So we learned about, you know, the way that your brain develops at certain stages of your lives. I mean, the things of our, our childhood are ingrained in us that much more because of the stage that we were developmentally as children at certain stages of our lives. So depending on when some of these things happen to you, they are buried in your body still reacting to them, whether you're aware of them or not, mm. they're still affecting you till today. And that's where I, I do believe a lot of like disease and issues are created. And a lot of learning through that is that, but not only just that from a health standpoint, but just happiness and mental standpoint. I couldn't agree more with that. Like I am a massive advocate of people, I mean, one of the reasons why this thing is called the nomadic podcast rate is because if shit hits the fan for me, I usually just disappear. Like I drop everything and just people don't know where I am. And I go on these like nomadic trips. Right. And I'll just, okay. Whether it's a week, two, three, four, whatever, two days, it doesn't matter. I just kind of go off. And then when things are a little bit better, I'll come back and I, it's a cleansing process for me. And I think mm-hmm. you've got to dig up a lot of things to to clean it you know sometimes you got to reopen that wound to clean it all out to sew it back up again you know yeah and um people are scared to do so because it, it sends you to a really really weird place and it does it does send you to a mm-hmm. weird place um but the think of a better word enlightenment you get out of the other end of it is priceless i think you have to do it well it's no different than being an athlete and saying I'm putting myself through hell right now because I know that this is what's going to be at the outcome, but yes, people ma'am. just have, a, people have an even harder time. They'd rather kill themselves physically than they would mentally and dealing yeah. with some of that. Cause it's less normal, but you, the way that you deal with it is very rare comparative to how most people deal with it. Cause most people will keep themselves busy and in a social environments and consume 24 seven, just so that they don't have to sit with themselves and mm. feel the things that come up for them. That's why drinking and addiction and social environments and the reason that people don't know that stuff is because they learn how to suppress it and they continue to do that through their daily lives. I mean, it's, it's learned, it's learned through fucking up many, many times. It's not just, yeah. I'm this all seeing being, you know, it's um, I mean, everyone has their vice and I think there's a time to, you know, okay. Hide it in a social environment. Yeah. Okay. Drink a bit if you yeah. want to, whatever but just know that that is not sustainable. And so is disappearing. Like you can't do that every day or every, right, every week, exactly. you know, it's, <laughs> it's a bit weird. Exactly. You're going to have to sort yourself out. So um, yeah, that's, uh, that's definitely the case. And I do agree. But then it's like knowing yourself, right? Like what do, what do I need right now for this? And that's, mm-hmm. that's, what's hard about sometimes like coaching other people through this is you just have to continue to learn yourself and know what you need in this moment. Like you need to know what kind of people you keep around. You need to know, what kind of a coach is going to be able to help you do the best through this. You need to know your personality traits in order to deal with certain things in a certain way. And that's why the more you look at the stuff, the more complicated it becomes mm. in a way. Mm. I mean, coaching is I just guided self-discovery, right? 
Yeah. Yeah. And so even, even for me, like what's, what's hardest is that, you know, you learn, you can't help everybody. You can't heal everyone because it, it, a lot of it comes down to way more than I'm even able to coach someone through because there's so many things that and variables that I have no control over as a coach. Um, but still you can't, what was it? What's the quote? You, you can never underestimate the point of like planting a seed in someone. So what my hope is, is that you learn something from me. You learn more about your body. You take something away that may make sense a year, even two down the road that will even then help you at that point. And that's all people like you and I can do through education, through talking, through coaching with people is there's no like experience that's wasted because you're hopefully using that in one way or another, or it may spur another idea, or it may bring you to the next experience that will then help you. Mm. And that's how you learn to look at things too. I think that's a beautiful little summary of coaching, you know, yeah. like you definitely can, can't save them all. And it's one of the first pieces of advice I was ever given when I got into coaching is like, you, you can't save them all. And it right. still, still messes me up to this day, but at the same it's time, hard. It sucks. Yeah, it's, yeah. it's difficult, right? Yeah. But if you can plant that seed, like you said, maybe in 20 year time, they remember one thing and it's got nothing to do with me or you. It's got everything to do with that one thing that was said or done to right. help this person out. Right. Right. Mm. Yeah. So I've got three questions. What's the greatest, what's the greatest piece of life advice you've ever received? Um, you can never get it done. I love that one because I think we keep chasing something that we think is going to bring us. It's going to be it. And I just think that it's, it's never done. There's a, you're always going to want more and you're always going to chase that something. And I, I don't think that it, even if you ask someone, I think people would say, Oh yeah, I already know that. But when you sit and think about it, there's a part of us that believes like once we get this or once this happens or once this happens that I'll be happy or I'll feel better or I'll whatever. And it's just not the case. So I think even mm -hmm. just telling yourself, like you just, you get, you'll never get it done. is sort of like takes pressure off, mm -hmm. you know, even for me, this point of healing and going through a majority of my issues, I still have to manage things. It doesn't mean that I have to, that I could, you know, when, when can I go back to eating normal again? You, you can't, this is a lifestyle. Now your health and healing is a part of your life. At this point, you've, you've done enough damage and now it's about managing it. You're never going to get it done. You're never just going to be there and it's not going to matter anymore. Mm. You know? And until I think you, you realize that it makes things a lot more difficult. Mm -hmm. That's, I'm going to think about that all day. That's a really good one. Yeah. That's a really good one. I think people do idealize the destination rather than the journey, right? And it's that age old saying of the man or the woman who likes walking will always walk further than the man who likes the destination. Yeah. Um, That's true too. Yeah. Wow. Uh, what's the worst piece of life advice you ever received? Um. Uh, how do I want to word this? I think we're always preach. It's always, we're always preaching like to work hard and go harder. And then, and so then on the, on the flip side, it's work harder, not smarter. And I think we have this like mentality of like going hard and pushing more. And in reality, I believe that the opposite needs to happen most of the time. Mm. The having the, you know, trying to control everything or to, to overwork or hustle more than whatever else. And most of the, most of the time it's 
it's the opposite. Mm. I'm having patience, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Preach. Three words you tell your younger self. Um, it'll all work out. Mm. God, I'm going to think about those three all day. Yeah. I don't know. I think as a kid, like, I, I don't know that I thought a lot about my future, but I think I just worried a lot. Yeah. And I think, I don't even know, like, my young, young self, but I think I just felt so different and insecure as a little kid that I would have never guessed that I could grow up to be this, like, boss lady, like, confident entrepreneur. You know what I mean? Mm. So I, it, it makes you sad to, like, think, I don't know how you feel about your childhood and stuff, but, like, it makes you sad to, like, think back to, like, seeing you as a little kid and being like, Hey, like, don't worry. Like everything will be fine. You know? Mm. Yeah. There's definitely a lot of worry in, uh, in young kids these days. And mm-hmm. I mean, I was definitely the same, you know, anxious about everything, you know, fucking the door unlocking or the wind changing direction or whatever. I was just in yeah. fear a lot. So it'll all work out. It's definitely something I, I wish I felt rather than knew, you know, like, we yeah. can be told anything we want, but most of the time we don't believe it. So I wish, right. yeah, I wish I would have felt that. Yeah. Cause you just don't understand how life works yet. Yeah. That's true. And I think you don't, you don't understand don't. it. Either. Yeah. Well, true. <laughs> <laughs> Mate, I appreciate your time so much and I hope you enjoy the motherland over in Scandinavia. I'm, uh, I'm yes, super jealous. You, so you know, you get to feel I'm the cold. Perfect. Yeah, I know. It just got warm here and now I'm going over there. Hey, <laughs> Well, enjoy the snow. Yes, thank you. And, uh, travel safe, and if you're ever down in the bottom right-hand corner and you want to mi- visit Middle Earth, then you you know where I am. Awesome. I appreciate right. you chatting with me today. I appreciate it, mate. All right. Okay. Travel safe. Okay. Speak soon. Thanks. Bye. Bye, everybody.